0: Hello and welcome, Fight Fans, to episode number 191B of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Boxing Monthly Magazine and BoxingMonthly.com. And if my energy is a little low tonight, you're going to have to deal with me. It's been a very, very busy 24, 36 hours since I got here to Chicago. Uh, We got up at 4 in the morning yesterday, East Coast time. Flew here from Atlanta, and we've been running around nonstop ever since. So uh, we're covering this event for Ring Magazine and RingTV.com. Make sure you go over to the Ring Digital, their YouTube channel, and you check out some of the material that Tiffany and I have put together for you guys. Um, we have interviews with uh, Jessica McCaskill, who's defending her unified Super Lightweight Championship uh, Saturday night at Trust Arena, which is just across the street from where I'm standing right here at the Marriott Marquise and the south loop of Chicago. Lake Michigan is literally right there. I could throw a rock. Well, that'd be a pretty good throw. <laughs> maybe a little more than that. It's about 100 yards or so. Actually, you know, yeah, it's about maybe 500 yards over there uh, to the east. Lake Michigan over there. Um, Rockstar1996 asked, am I enjoying Chicago? You know, so far, dude, we haven't been able to do anything. We've just been working nonstop. in the to hope tomorrow... Is that after the weigh ins, uh, we'll be able to, Tiffany and I will be able to walk around and just enjoy, you know, go on Magnificent Mile and enjoy uh, Chicago. So, um, and then also Saturday morning before the fights. But also, guys, I need to remind you, uh, Jessica McCaskill interview, we got the public workouts yesterday, which was a lot of fun. We got three different videos of public workouts out on the Ring Digital's YouTube channel. Today I got a 20-plus minute interview with Eddie Hearn, an exclusive interview, just me and him, away from the crowds and everything at the press conference they had today. So that's awesome because I got him away from all the noise, and I got to really, really have a conversation with him. That interview is going to be great, trust me. That's going to be posted on the Ring Digital's YouTube channel. Also, I got a good interview with Dimitri Bivolt. And we got the press conference footage today. All those videos will be out on the Ring Digital's YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out. Tomorrow, the goal is to try to get the interview with Oleksandr Usyk. He has been swamped by media since we got here. And what's so interesting is I didn't realize there was such a large Ukrainian population here in Chicago. Eddie Hearn knew. We talked about that today. But... The, the Ukrainian-American fans here in Chicago are all over this thing. They were at the the public workouts yesterday. They were at the press conference today. The weigh-in tomorrow is going to be crazy, I'm telling you. There's a lot of... You. I'm here at the Fight Hotel. Tiffany, or, Tiffany and I are staying at the Fight Hotel. We were just uh, chopping up video in the lobby. Who walks past us? Oleksandr Usyk and his whole team. Dimitri Bevel's team, we've been bumping into them all week. Same thing with Oleksandr Usyk, Igis Klemis, uh, with Dmitry Beevil, Vadim Kornilov, and all those guys They're all hanging out at the hotel DJ uh, TJ Doheny is here uh, We've been bumping into everybody at the Fight Hotel It's been just non-stop working and mingling It's been awesome, but I am exhausted uh, CJ Duncan with the Super Chat Pledge CJ, what's up my brother? I hope you're doing well Hope you and the missus are doing well um, I don't, Man, I wish you guys were here, man You'd be loving Chicago at this fight Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun Saturday night. Wind Trust Arena, they're expecting a near sellout. I don't know if it's going to quite sell out, but they are expecting a near sellout. And I talked to Eddie, I talked to ticket brokers I know. My boy Jim Boone, uh, probably going to go out and have dinner with him later. He's a uh, ticket broker that has been working in boxing for years. He knows this sport upside and down. And they're all telling me the same thing no comps. They're selling tickets to this event. It's very, very smart. To put Oleksandr Usyk here, there's a lot of Ukrainians. And Dmitry Bevel told me today, there's a lot of people from Kyrgyzstan here in Chicago. Who the hell knew that? And he told me, you guys will see on in the interview, he goes, well, now you'll know. Many people from Kyrgyzstan here in Chicago. And I, Somehow my Dmitry Bevel is turning into Gennady Golovkin. But yeah, I didn't know that before. But there's a lot of Kyrgyzstanian people here in Chicago. So Eddie Hearn did his research, and there's a reason why they're putting on the big card here Saturday night. And it's almost one year to the day that Zone with Matchroom Boxing USA and Zone in the USA kicked things off here in Chicago last October. Jessica McCaskill won her first world title. Remember, she fought Katie Taylor at lightweight, lost competitively, moved up to 140 pounds, and won a title... Uh, off of an Argentinian fighter, Elena uh, Annabella Farias, and they're going to rematch this year. But I just think it's very fitting that so many people thought Dzoun wasn't going to last. You know, they i "Ah, oh, give this shit six months, it's done." Here we are a year later, and Dzone's kicking ass. They're beating everybody's ass in terms of uh, in terms of the schedule that they put on. And me and Eddie Hearn talked about that today, and the futures looking real bright. And I just thought it was very fitting and intelligent for them almost on the one-year anniversary to come back to where it all started here in Chicago. And they're definitely building something here, which is smart and which is great because, man, this used to be a huge fight town. Chicago is a great market and it used to really, really be a fight town. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. Let me get to my notes here. Um, Let's start with the sad news that we started the day with, with uh, Errol Spence. Technically, this morning, this morning at 3 a, around 3 a.m., he got into a bad car accident in um, Dallas and flipped his Ferrari over multiple times. By now, you guys have seen the footage that's coming out from some of the um, different businesses in and around the area where it happened. Like There's surveillance footage. You're seeing it where the car flips multiple times, and he was ejected from the car because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. So let me tell you guys what I do know, and um, and then I'll give you some of my thoughts. Okay, first of all, here's the facts: no seatbelt, and he was heavily intoxicated. Aero Spence. It was around three a.m. What are you doing driving Thursday morning slash Wednesday night at three a.m. in a Ferrari, flying and losing control of your car? Obviously, you're leaving the club, you're leaving the party, and you're heavily intoxicated. So. It's been well documented on social media that Arrow likes to drink. He likes to go out and have a good time. And that's fine if that's what you're into, but you should never get behind the wheel if you're you're inebriated to the point where you can't control your vehicle. So uh, flips over several times, ejected from the car, badly injured. From what I'm hearing, he really broke up his teeth a lot. He broke up his teeth. And uh, there were other injuries, but nothing life-threatening. He is in the ICU, which is standard protocol for injuries like these. His parents have been there all day. Uh, People close to PBC, Lou DeBella included, who, of course, is a promoter that works with Premier Boxing Champions. They've been talking about it a lot on social media. He is expected to make a full recovery. So Errol Spence will make a full physical recovery in terms of health. In terms of how this may affect his boxing career, that remains to be seen. Because even if the doctors say, you're good to go, perfect bill of health, well, we just don't know until he gets in the ring. His next task was going to be Danny Garcia, right? Next, next year, early next year. Obviously, that's going to be put on hold. I very highly doubt for all the recovery he's going to have to go through and everything else. I mean, he's not going to train for a while, obviously. There's going to be a physical health recovery, Then he's going to get back into training. I just can't imagine they're going to jump right into a Danny Garcia fight. It is possible, but wouldn't surprise me if they want a tune-up fight first. Or if they do jump into the Danny Garcia fight, which is possible, they delay that fight. And it's not going to happen as early in 2020 as we thought it might. So that might get pushed back to the summer. We just don't know yet, guys. We just don't know. Uh, let's see, Gail Falkenthal says, PBC just issued a statement, says Spence has no major injuries or broken bones. They do report he lost a lot of teeth. Exactly. So there you go. So that's what I was hearing off the record. Uh, i let you guys know. But there it is apparently on the record now with PBC. Yeah, his, his grill got messed up. Got really, really messed up. Oh, we got a super chat from Chris S. Thank you very, very much, Chris. I appreciate that. He says, hey, Mike, bummer we didn't connect at Spence Porter. We discussed Errol and his drinking. Yes, we did, Chris. Yes, we did. I hope he's okay. As someone that drives cars like that all the time, he does. Chris deals in Lamborghinis. He knows fast, expensive cars. Trust me. Uh, he says, you don't drive at 3 a.m., and I don't even drink due to the risk. Yeah. At number one, you're you're making yourself a target for the police to pull you over, but... Um, Secondly, yeah, if you're drinking like that and you're driving a car like that, Chris, you could probably talk to this in the chat. You could probably speak to this because you're so experienced, but handling a car like a Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever it is, they handle different. It's not like driving a freaking Pontiac or a freaking Dodge, You know, even a Dodge Charger or something like that. It, the handling can be very, very sensitive, right? One little movement of the steering wheel, boom, you can lose control if you're not on your game. And if you're inebriated to the point where Spence was at 3 a.m., oh, man, you're just begging for trouble. So let me just say this, okay? Um, One thing I've seen that's very, very positive that makes me feel really good is an outpouring of support from fans, media, and fighters, including Terrence Crawford, who just, I think, this week, or was it last week, was saying... Arrow take off the panties and sign the contract. Fight me, right? He's been talking trash. Well, today he tweeted, posted something on social. It was either Twitter or Instagram, maybe both. Just basically giving his support to Errol Spence, saying, I hope you're okay. And I saw that from a bunch of people across the board, not just at PBC, but all over the place. Today at the press conference in downtown Chicago, Eddie Hearn kicked off the press conference with thoughts on Errol Spence. And I just thought that was a classy move. And I think that that's where we need to be right now, ladies and gentlemen. Not talking about Errol Spence's boxing career, how this might affect Spence Crawford. Is this going to happen? Making jokes, whatever. Let's have some thoughts for the young man and his family. And just keep them in our thoughts, period. Okay, And then we can deal with everything else later. Put all the politics and the bullshit aside and let's just think about his family right now. And then we could talk about everything else after. Uh, one thing. Oh, you know what? Hold on. we got to take a break. Trini Cervantes with the Super Chat Pledge. Thank you very, very much, Trini. I appreciate it, my man. He says, I doubt he'll be fighting in 2020 at all. Trini, I mean, that, that's a good guess. I mean, it's very, very possible. i got to think that at some point in the summer of 2020, he'll, he'll come back. I think it's going to be six to nine months, clearly. But... What we don't know is how this is going to affect him because we've seen car accidents where fighters weren't the same after that, even though they physically recovered. Man, you can go back decades, back to Guglielmo Papaleo, Willie Pep. He was in a bad car accident, or was it a plane crash? I can't remember. He was in a bad accident, came back and fought after that, fought many times, was never the same. You could look at uh, the NBA player, Bobby Hurley, was in a bad car crash. I don't know if it was his rookie year, maybe his second, third year. was never the same after that. So sometimes after a bad accident like this, physically, health-wise, you're you're good. But as an athlete, you got to think about elite-level boxers are among the most, the highest level of athlete on earth, regardless of sport. They're up there. They're up at the very, very top and to, to compete at that high level. Will he ever be the same? It's just too soon to know, man. It's just too soon to know. We got another super chat pledge from James Tech. Thank you very, very much, James. I appreciate that, my man. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, so for Errol Spence, let, let me just add this. We've seen plenty of fighters get in legal trouble. Sergey Kovalev, which I was just going to say, uh, he has a November 25th date to stand trial in California for charges of felony assault. Remember, that whole thing. That didn't go away. And of course, that's a few weeks after his fight with Canelo. So win, lose, or draw against Canelo in early November. He has a court date, November 25th. But uh, we've seen plenty of fighters get in legal trouble. And we see their promoters, their management, do the best they can to kind of uh, suppress all of that, right? And to keep everything as quiet as possible and give out as little information as possible. I think there's a really good opportunity here with Errol Spence and, and PBC and his management. Don't suppress this. Don't suppress the truth. And I've heard lots of stuff off the record, and believe me, guys, there's going to be posts on social media of people that were at the clubs partying with this guy, took photos and videos. You're going to start seeing that stuff on YouTube, Instagram. Now, the management involved with Spence might do their best to remove that stuff. I mean... PBC management re- has removed every video, all evidence of Her- Harold Sconyers dropping and badly hurting Deontay Wilder earlier in his career. There used to be videos of that on YouTube and on social media. They, through their legal lawyers' you know, maneuvers, have removed all that shit from social. Will Errol Spence's management go that route, or will they go a different route? Hear me out. I think there's an opportunity here for Errol Spence to talk about drinking and driving, yeah, I'm going to be corny and be that guy, talk about drinking and driving, do PSAs, do some public work here, to because Errol Spence is a good guy, comes from good stock, his family, good people, good hardworking people, and uh, just just a good dude. Okay, this is a chance for him to really really make a difference. I know it sounds corny, but hear me out talk about drinking and driving, talk about the mistakes he's made, make some changes in his life now while he's still young and it could possibly save his life. Because who knows, guys? He keeps drinking like this and kind of living recklessly like this. He might not make it out next time there's an accident like this. He might not make it out alive. So maybe this is a wake-up call and a path for him to do something that really, really matters And I think that's the route they should take at PBC. He should talk about this. He should handle it the way Tyson Fury is handling his uh, mental illness issues, by talking about that stuff, making it public. Tyson Fury's profile has tripled, quadrupled, or more since he started doing, what, Joe Rogan's podcast, all these other different shows, talking about what? His struggles with mental illness, drug addiction, Alcohol, all these different things, right? Pharaoh Spence goes that route. And it's not as serious as Tyson Fury's problems, obviously. But the dude likes to drink. And that's, that's been a rumor, okay? And it's been something that I've known about for a long... Everyone in the boxing media has known about it. But we've kept quiet about it because it's been kind of just a rumor, okay? Now we know. Now it's kind of out in the open. He's, by the way, he's going to face... Uh, possibly an arrest. He's going, there will be legal ramifications. He's probably going to be hit with a DUI by the local police department there for, uh, because, look, they run toxicology reports. Now, are, you, are we going to get publicly, are they going to let it be known, the, the blood alcohol level? No. PBC. The lawyers involved are going to make sure that shit stays quiet. There might be some lo- rumors that get leaked, but that's going to be quiet. But we're going to know, and we already know, it's, it's substantiated. He was inebriated. He's going to be hit with a DUI. Man, come out and talk about this shit. Talk about it in a real way, because I think it can increase his profile and endear him to fans that he didn't hit before, just the same way Tyson Fury has opening up and talking about certain personal things with him and other fighters as well. There's an opportunity here for Errol Spence. I got up this morning here at the Fight Hotel, went and worked out, and uh, you know hit the treadmill, trying to r- run off some of the, the food I ate last night. There was a few fighters in there with me on the treadmill. They had their sauna suit on, still trying to cut weight and everything. Uh, and what did I see up on the TV in front of me? CNN, 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 but right in the middle was ESPN, Sports Center. What were they talking about? Errol Spence. He was on Sports Center this morning. This hit a different level of news mainstream news outlets than maybe some of his fights have so you have an opportunity here to increase your profile do the right thing and make a difference so I think that's the the play here I think that uh that would be smart Gail Falkenthal says Michael of Spence Jr. is criminally charged the DUI info will be public record in the arrest record and charging documents nothing PBC can do about it all right well there you go Gail I didn't even know that So, um, all right, there we go. Now, look, Ronald Finkley says, no, it isn't known if he was. Yes, Ronald, I could tell you from people I've talked to close to this situation, and the only way I'm saying this publicly right now is because it's going to be released, okay? It's going to come out. He was intoxicated. He was over the legal limit with alcohol. So, like, that's, I've heard that from enough people close to the situation that I trust that I can say it here, And even the local news affiliates down there in Dallas have reported about this, saying that he faces uh, possible uh, legal ramifications with the DUI. So local news affiliates are talking about this stuff. So um, if they're talking about it and the people that I know close to the situation are talking about it, um, yeah, it's going to come out. So relax, dude. I'm not trying to beat up on Errol Spence. If you just got here on the chat, maybe you missed some of the things I said a few minutes ago. This isn't me trying to beat up on anybody. In fact, i got to say, Humble Pie here in the chat says, Spence is a scumbag drinking and driving. Look, Humble Pie, slow down. Just slow down for a second, okay? This is not the time to talk about those things. Don't call, number one, he's a young guy. He made a mistake. I've driven intoxicated before. Most of you on the chat here have. So this isn't the time to judge somebody the time right now is to keep him and his family in our thoughts and to hope that he's okay and he comes out of this totally healthy because regardless of boxing, okay, this is a young man with decades of life in front of him. So let's just chill on the scumbag talk, okay? Look, my grandmother, my father's mother, died because of a drunk driver. A drunk driver plowed into her and killed her when I was a kid. Eh, I was a teenager. But my dad was mid-30s and lost his mother. My great-grandmother, Montero, had to bury her daughter. It was a horrible funeral. It was sad. People were crying. I'll get emotional just talking about it right now. So this is a personal issue for me, okay? But this isn't the time to call somebody a scumbag and judge somebody. Let's back up on that and let's make sure the kid's okay, all right? That's what's important right now. Uh, Adam Espo with the Super Chat Pledge. Coach, Adam, in the house. What's up, man? Uh, He says, the best podcast around to my paisan. Grazie mille. Grazie mille. I appreciate it, Adam. Thank you so much, man. Um, I try, brother. I'm over here hustling, working my ass off. I'm exhausted, losing my voice. (laughs) I feel like I got a few more wrinkles, but I'm just trying to hustle and do my thing, man. And it really... uh, it means a lot that you, that you appreciate and you guys out there watching. For those of you who don't know, my man Adam here uh, just chimed in. He trains Levante Early, who's, who's the 140-pound prospect I've been telling you guys about. So uh, he's, they're doing big things, man, with that kid. 10-0, uh, just won a, a minor title. I think the NBA National Boxing Association uh, 140-pound title. So uh, he's, he's on to do some big, big things. And I've talked to a few promoters about him. Adam... We'll talk. Okay, guys, uh, so let's get into. Oh, by the way, before we get into the fight preview coming up this weekend, uh, real quick, I, sh- I mentioned a little bit a minute ago, but I just want to hit it again. Uh, just past the one year anniversary of the programming in the United States, and a lot of people, for various different reasons, wanted the zone to fail. They really, really did. And I remember when Eddie Hearn, because he, he was the first promoter in boxing to work with The Zone at this level, and then others followed. Of course, uh, Golden Boy and Sourland's work, all these other people now working with them. But some of the first fighters he signed, people were kind of scratching their head like, I oh, don't know, dude, that guy's kind of a journeyman. I'm not sure about this. You know, some of his first cards were kind of weak, right? But they believed, they kept hustling. And now, again, I talked to Eddie Hearn today for almost half an hour you guys will see the video. It's going to be posted tonight. Where um, he was just saying, dude, look at the pound-for-pound pound list. We've got most of the talent on the zone. Even guys Eddie doesn't represent, like Canelo and, and other guys, um, are on the zone. And if you look at their schedule for the end of the year, man, they got the best damn schedule. They just had a fight-of-the-year contender last weekend. They're about to have Alexander Usyk uh, coming up making his heavyweight debut. You guys know all the fights coming up. One year in, I think they're doing pretty damn good. I don't know about you guys. But uh, I I got to say, can they keep this up? Next year at this time, are they going to have this kind of schedule? I don't know. But uh, if they can keep it up, could be a changing of the guard in, in boxing programming. Okay, so uh, obviously we got the card here in Chicago right across the street from where I'm coming to you guys or where I'm broadcasting live from here. But we got some action Friday, October 11th over in we got multiple cards Friday actually. So in Belfast, Northern Ireland, there's a card on ESPN Plus. From Mexico City, there's a card that will be on Telemundo. From Trento, Italia, there's a card on The Zone. And then in Hartford, Connecticut, there's a card on UFC Fight Pass. So, all kinds of stuff. Friday, and guess what? Three of those four cards are on streaming platforms. Go figure. Guys, this, this is the future. I'm streaming to you right now on my freaking phone on YouTube, right? Streaming is the future. Saturday, October 12th, we have a card from Leeds, England on ESPN+, Plus, another streaming platform. Josh Warrington going up against a French fighter, Solfion Tuchult. I'm probably butchering that name. 12 rounds for Warrington's IBF featherweight title. This will be the third defense for Warrington, who's an exciting, fun fighter to watch, man. That dude's a little bulldog. Uh, He won the title against Lee Selby last May, and uh, Takult is ranked number four at featherweight by the IBF. Uh, Number one and number two are vacant, which is kind of weird, and I think number three was unavailable, so they're going after number four here. And uh, yeah, so check that out, ESPN Plus. And then on the zone, of course, here in Chicago. This card, a lot of people are shitting on the showcase type of matchups. I get that. But if you look at the actual talent on this card, it's a pretty loaded card, guys. I mean, you go to the undercard, TJ Doheny, who gave Daniel Roman hell in their fight earlier this year. Fight of the year candidate, right? That's got to be in the top five. Roman Doheny, he's on this card. Uh, Undefeated prospects, Anthony Sims Jr., good-looking super middleweight prospect. He just so happens to be Floyd Mayweather's cousin. By the way, he's a great personality. He's great on a microphone. Uh, Giovanni Mioletti, paisan, 130-pound prospect, who I think was born in Washington, but now lives and trains and fights out of Chicago. He's going to be on this card. He's going to bring the paisans. There's a lot of paisans here in Chicago. They're going to come out and check him out. Charles Conwell, 154-pound prospect, he's going to be on the card. So we got some good young talent. Also, I talked about uh, Jessica McCaskill earlier. She's going to rematch Erica Fardias. Ten rounds for McCaskill's unified WBC WBA women's junior welterweight title. I had a good interview with her yesterday before she worked out. Uh, We had public workouts as well. So check that out. Ring Digital YouTube page. Uh, Jessica McCaskill has an interesting story. She started boxing at 25. Started boxing at 25. And uh, she's won titles in her last two fights. Literally her last two fights. She won one title and then another one. And this will be a good fight. Trust me. Her and Farias had a good fight last year here in Chicago. McCaskill is the only Chicago champion right now. The only fighter out of Chicago who has a world title. So, Chicago fans are going to show up for her. That's going to be an entertaining female fight. Make sure you guys check that out. We got another super chat. Oh, this is my man Joel, Cooking with Joel. Guys, make sure you check out my man Joel's channel, Cooking with Joel. He, he does do some good work in the kitchen. I got to hand it to him. Thank you very much for the super chat pledge, my man. He says, Mike, have a slice of deep dish and a bourbon on me. Joel, that sounds freaking fantastic right now. <laughs> That sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, Dude, that would be great. Uh, But work first. But yeah, later tonight, definitely maybe, if not tonight, definitely tomorrow night after the weigh-ins, Tiff and I will finally get to ah, exhale a little bit. We've gotten a lot of work done on this trip because uh, usually Ring Magazine, Ring TV, will have four or five people representing at at a different card It's just me and Tiff that could make it here for this trip to Chicago. This is part of my strategy for moving to Atlanta was that we can get to cards like this where some of the ring folks in L.A. or New York might not be able to get to Chicago. We've gone to New Orleans to cover a card. Uh, Next time there's a card in D.C., we'll go up there and cover it, right? So uh, Omaha, Nebraska, things like that. Uh, MJB Taco says, I can help out. Barrios will talk. Get your ass here in one piece, and then uh, we'll talk. We'll have a couple drinks tomorrow. But, um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for the super chat. That's definitely part of the plan. We got another super chat from Adrian Blazovic. Thank you very, very much, Adrian. I appreciate it. And he doesn't have a comment. He just wants to contribute. Dude, thank you very, very much. Let's get back to Fight Preview. In the co-main, Dmitry Bivol defending his WBA light heavyweight title against... uh, Dominican Republic native, Lenin Castillo. And for Castillo, look, I'll give him this much. He's a massive underdog in this fight. And I got to say, at the press conference today, he looked a little uncomfortable. I think he's having trouble making weight, maybe. He is a lot taller than Bevo. He's a little taller and longer. He is experienced. Uh, He actually dropped Marcus Brown in a competitive fight that they had last, last August. So he has skills, he has experience. He has fought some top guys. He's lost when he's fought top guys, but he has also had success. So uh, Beevil can't be lazy. He's got to go in and take care of business, and I think he will. Last fought in March when he beat Joe Smith. Uh, so I talked to Beevil today. Again, interview will be posted on the Ring Digital YouTube channel. But uh, I asked him about being the outside man at light heavyweight. And you know he said he's willing to move to super middleweight. He's going to take a very close look at Kovalev Canelo and then, of course, Baterbia Avostek. He's going to have, uh, he, he told me, he's going to be paying very close attention to those fights and seeing which direction he wants to go, but he has not made up his mind yet. They have, so far, the plan, as far as I can determine from, from those guys, is to stay at 175 and to try to get the unification fights. They would rather do that then move down to 168. But he did say that if they can't get any of these people, he is willing to do it. So that's a little bit different than the last time I spoke with him where he sounded very, very eager to go to 68. Now it sounds like they want to stay at 75 if they can and get the unification fights. I just don't know if that's going to happen. By the way, his English is awesome. Last time I talked to him, it was actually on that WhatsApp. I think WhatsApp, that little... You know app that you, you could talk uh, you could talk overseas and everything. And I was talking to him and his wife, Kate, that's her nickname. Uh, Katharina' her name. but uh, she speaks way better English, because she schooled for a little while in the U.K, and she, they basically watch American TV, and she's helped teaching him English. His English is awesome. He did the entire press conference today in English. He had an inter- well, he had his uh, manager there helping him with some words and phrases but he did the entire press conference in English. Our entire interviews in English didn't need any help, and then I talked to him, just shooting the shit a little bit off camera, and uh, yeah, dude, his English is really good. I think he deserves respect for that because he's worked at it really, really hard. Another super chat pledge from 91 Reasons You Lose. Thank you so much. He asked, Mike, you still got the best podcast. Did you talk to Anthony Sims Jr.? He's a great super middleweight prospect fighting on a show. We have not had a chance to, and we're going to try to get him tomorrow. I've tried to get everybody, but I got a few of them yesterday. I got a few of them today, so we'll get a few more of them tomorrow. It's just, um, there's so many, it's hard, you know, when you've got all these different fighters and promoters and people you want to talk to, it's hard to get all of them in one day. That would be awesome, but I'm not high enough up in the business where I could be like, yo, man, all of you, get over here and let's do an interview. They don't, you know. I'm working on their schedule. And um, so far, yes. Uh, you know We've gotten a lot of interviews. Haven't had a chance to talk to Anthony. But that kid, I'm telling you, he's really good on the mic. He got up and talked today at the press conference and had people laughing. He, he's just... Um, I don't, he's got a good personality. And he was talking some shit to Eddie Hearn in a playful way. In a playful way. Not a bad way at all. He's got a great personality, man. So... Uh, if he backs it up in the ring Saturday night, you know, and this is the biggest stage of his career so far. I think that uh, he's definitely got a future. Absolutely. Gail Falkenthal says Beevil's story about learning English from watching friends is hilarious. True story. Yeah, Gail, we talked about that. Um, they're actually really, really cool, him and his wife, Kate, and they follow me and Tiff and talk on social and stuff like that a lot. And um, we just kind of follow each other in our little journeys and stuff like that. They're awesome people, and yeah, Kate uh, has been teaching him English, and now like he speaks, I, I he speaks better English than Gennady Golovkin than some of these. He's not, he's almost at Sergey Kovalev level. He's almost at that level right now. So Bevel uh, definitely doing good with the English, loving it. All right, so uh, I talked about Beevil's fight. Let's preview Alexander Usyk in the main event. Alexander um, Usyk taking on Chaz Witherspoon, 12 rounds, heavyweight action. He was supposed to fight Tyrone Spong, who tested positive for Vada. And I love that uh, we're getting some conspiracy theory people on YouTube and social media and all this saying that uh, Usyk was scared to fight Spong, so... They worked with Vada and made a conspiracy to, you know, make him test positive, and all, and people are even trying to say that uh, Spung's B sample came out negative, which is not true. Uh, so it's just funny the way these narratives go. This shit's hilarious. Spung is a cheater. He got caught cheating. He comes from a world. I'm not going to beat up on kickboxing and wrestling and MMA and all that stuff, but there's there's a problem in that culture with performance-enhancing drugs, all the way down to the high school wrestling level. I talk to people about this shit all the time, and not to say it doesn't exist in boxing. It absolutely does. But Jarrell Big Baby Miller comes from that background too, and that dude, we haven't seen a fighter test more hot, hotter and more dirty than Jarrell Big Baby Miller, maybe ever, in boxing. That dude had a cocktail of drugs he was taking. So, anyway... I don't want to beat up on Tyrone Spong, but he's an idiot for blowing this opportunity. That's the only word I can come up with. He's a moron, and I'd say that to his face, for blowing this opportunity. Chaz Witherspoon gets in there. I asked you guys on Twitter, is he a worse opponent, a better opponent, about the same? Most of you felt he was either a little worse or about the same. I don't know. Technically speaking, he's a bigger guy than Spong, a little bigger than Usyk. And he's definitely more experienced as a boxer than Tyrone Spong. Uh, USA Golden Gloves champ in 2004. He has fought some top guys, but anytime he does, he's lost. Last decent fighter he fought was Seth Mitchell in 2012. He lost by TKO3. I remember that fight. Chaz got in some good work, but ultimately got stopped by Seth Mitchell. And when Seth Mitchell fought Chris Ariola, he got badly stopped. What do we say in this game? Levels. There's levels to this shit, right? Anyway, people have said he hasn't fought since 2012. That's not true. He's actually fought eight times since 2012. He's 8-0 with six knockouts. It just so happens to be he's fought shit opposition. So obviously, Usyk, who hasn't fought since last November in Manchester when he stopped Tony Bellew, coming off this layoff, coming off an injury, surgery, rehab, yeah, there's going to be some rust and everything else, but he's a huge huge favorite, right? And he should be a favorite. So, anything less than a knockout stoppage win for Usyk in this fight will be beat up on and criticized. If this thing goes the distance, that's a bad look for Usyk. If he can't stop Witherspoon at this stage of his career, it's a bad look. But I got to say, for those people are saying this is going to be a first second round blowout kind of knockout. I don't see that happening just because of Usyk's style. He wasn't a very big puncher at cruiserweight. Now he's moving up to heavyweight. So he was a decent puncher at cruiserweight. Not a one-hitter-quitter, as we say, but a good, decent puncher at cruiserweight. Now he's moving up to heavyweight, and he hasn't settled in yet at his final weight. He's probably going to get in somewhere in the mid-220s when it's all said and done. Chaz Witherspoon, uh, big guy, and I could tell just by the way Chaz was working out yesterday. They are 100% focused on defense. They're not focused on offense at all. He was working on covering up, sliding, you know what I'm saying, back it up, parrying, glancing shots. That's all he's worried about. Do not be surprised if this goes more rounds than you think it will. I do think Usa gets a late stoppage, though. All right, so let's get into the chat right here. Tim Nick said Usyk had surgery. I thought he did. Am I mistaken? Am I mistaken? I thought that uh, Usyk hurt his shoulder and had to get some work done on it. Minor, minor stuff. Like an outpatient, in and out kind of thing. But I could be wrong, guys. Again, I'm extremely freaking tired. I've been working on it. I barely had any damn sleep. Uh, Let's see in the chat. There was one guy who left a comment. Uh, Ken Henning said Usyk's footwork will give the heavyweights problems. I agree. A lot of people are asking me, Usyk, what can he do at heavyweight? How far can he go? He's going to go as far as his chin will take him. He's not going to knock guys out. He's not going to knock out. I mean, it's possible he could knock out some top guys. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not looking for him to go in there and blow out anybody and knock people out. He's going to beat people with his boxing. You know what I'm saying? So to do that, he's going to have to be able to take a punch every now and then because this is boxing and you are going to get hit. Can he take the right hand from Deontay Wilder? Can he take those inside looping hooks from Andy Ruiz or even uh, Luis Ortiz throw pun- throws punches like that? Uh, can he take the straight hard jab from Anthony Joshua? Can he take the long boxing, the long jab and the weight Of Tyson Fury? When he gets inside, he leans on people, uses his weight. How does he handle all that? Well, we don't know. Will we get any questions answered Saturday? I think so. I do think so. Because if he lands flush, hard, perfect punches on Chaz Witherspoon and Chaz doesn't budge or Chaz is able to survive, that's going to tell us a lot. So, yes, he's a huge favorite. He should be. I mean, the odds to this fight should be 100 to 1. But guess what? We've seen crazier shit in boxing, guys. So this is his first fight. Look, one of you guys, I'm trying to see who is saying that this is a cherry pick for Usyk. Where the hell, who left that comment? I saw it on here. Damn it. I can't even see... uh... Oh, you know, yeah Falco Lombardi says biceps That's right, it wasn't the shoulder It was the bicep of the injured Bicep tear, Falco Thank you very much for correcting me on that That is true It was not a shoulder injury I'm, I'm sorry about that, guys uh, Ronald Finkley is the one who said Usyk has cherry-picked once again Ronald, you have to be trolling Because that comment is so ridiculously stupid There's no other explanation for it Did you not watch last year? when Alexander Usyk went through the World Boxing Super Series Tournament and won it on the road, beat Marius Bradis on the road, beat Murat Gassiev on the road, and then fought former world title holder Tony Bellew on the road. All three of those fights were in those fighters' backyards, and he had a close fight with Bradis, wasn't 100%, close fight, but dominated Gassiev, dominated and knocked out uh, Bellew. Fighter of the year. Like, come on, man. You're crazy. You're just trolling. I'm not going to respond to your comments anymore. Ronald, you're, you're insane. You're just absolutely freaking insane for saying that. You're a nut. Uh, he says, y'all bugging. You know, you're bugging us. <laughs> you're bugging people who know what they're talking about. Goodfellas Pulp Fiction says, I hate the word cherry pick. Yeah, because most of the people that use it have an agenda. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Rockstar1996 says, war in a way. In a way, he's got that Nonito Donaire assignment coming up. We'll be talking about that soon enough. Goodfellas Pulp Fiction asks How many pay per view buys would a Manny versus Mikey fight do? It's going to do a lot of buys because Mikey Garcia is going to bring in the Mexican American fan base, and Manny Pacquiao is going to bring in the mainstream fan base because he's still a mainstream name. So that fight's going to do business. When those two fight next year, if they fight, which I think they probably will, uh, they're going to do big business and a good buy rate. I absolutely believe that. Saloon Mooney says, Halo hey, Lomachenko, is a media hype job ducking young lions like Take Davis. Sorry. Yeah, you guys are in a trolling mood, I guess. You're just trying to mess with me? I'm over here busting my ass. I could barely talk. I'm doing this live show and you guys want to troll me, man. That's not cool. Canada Chris says, Wasted Prime equals Mikey Garcia. Yeah, but he's getting paid, and that's what he wants, to get paid. So that's his prerogative as a man, and you know what? Hey, that, legacy be damned. The dude has got F.U. money now after that fight with Errol Spence. And once he fights Pacquiao and I think loses to him, he'll have even more F.U. money. We got a super chat pledge from Chris Bergen. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it, my friend. He says, prograver versus Taylor, soon. Never been so excited for a fight. Me too, man. You guys know I've been looking forward to that one all year. I just, and it's hard for me to pick a winner. I still haven't picked a winner. It's like 51-49. And I go back and forth, back and forth, forth and back. We will, the week of the fight, I promise you, I'll pick one of them. <laughs> I'll pick one of them, okay? But right now, I just can't pick one. Romanian Mike says, uh, you speak the truth. Apparently they hate Triple G, Loma Usyk, because they are getting more attention than other less accomplished boxers. They're not European. Yeah, Romanian Mike, I, I think again, I've talked about this before, and I'm sorry if I've, you know, rubbed some of you the wrong way talking about this political stuff. The the whole point is these guys coming from Eastern Europe, they're different. They're whatever the reason they're getting crap, because Maybe it's nationality or whatever it is. They're different. And people aren't used to this yet. But again, 10, 20 years from now, I think that they're going to kind of be running the game. And as I talked about last week, the last episode, um, you know, 10 years from now, there's going to be dudes with names like Usyk and Lomachenko playing in the NBA, playing in the NFL, playing in Major League Baseball. And middle America, quote unquote, what do I say, Joe Sixpack, is going to be more used to those names, more comfortable with them, and more accepting of these guys as dominant elite level athletes. And right now, they're questioning it because they're kind of new to them. Diehard boxing fans and and boxing media, we've known about these guys for ages because if you look at the amateurs, these guys were accomplishing stuff decades ago. You know, high-level stuff, but they weren't able to compete professionally. It's a process in boxing. You have to build up the community, and then you build up the power structure and all that. And with the Eastern European fighters, they're kind of going through that process right now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, some people may never accept these guys, but guess what? That goes in every direction. There are some people out there that will never accept Errol Spence for different reasons that he can't help. There are some people who will never accept uh, Manny Pacquiao or Mikey Garcia or whoever it is. So it goes in every direction. Now, can you say maybe it's going in one direction more than the other right now? Yes. I would say possibly that's happening because it is such a threat. There is this almost takeover feeling that some people have. Lomachenkos, Usyks, Golovkin, Kovalev. all these guys the last few years have been stomping on the American boxing scene and some people weren't ready for that shit. They're ready for a one-off like the Klitschko's. They were just like these two Klitschko guys, right? But, dude, it's happening now in every weight class. It's in the lower weight classes, the middle weight classes, the heavyweight classes. So I think it's just scary for some people. It's something different. It's something new. This happens every generation. So just, look, talent always wins out. right? Talent always wins out. And I think that's what's going to happen here. The best always rise to the top. The cream rises to the top. And some people may not like it. And those people tend to be the loudest, but they're the minority. The majority of boxing fans don't give a shit what your last name is, what your religion is, any of that. They don't care. They care about great fighters and good fights. That's 99%. It just so happens to be it's that 1% that's really loud. Just ignore these people. They're idiots. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Canada Chris says, Eastern Euros, damn good and entertaining, lots of punchers. Yeah, but guess what? There's a lot of Mexican Americans and Latin Americans that are really good. There's a lot of black Americans that are really good. There's a lot of fighters from... Asia, that are really, really good. There's fighters from everywhere that are really, really good and entertaining, and that's what's so great about this freaking sport. There are people from every walk of life that kick ass and take names in this sport. Look at the pound-for-pound list. Look at the names. Look at the nationalities. How many sports have that? How many sports have people from so many different continents that are champions? It's one of the things I love about boxing, man. Kumbaya, motherfuckers. (laughs) Mario Liel says, I'll watch any race throw down. Yeah, well, guess what? There's only one race. It's called human. So you only got one to watch. There you go. <laughs> uh, John Uden says, Mike, can Warrington get the Gary Russell Jr. fight since uh, Leo Santa Cruz doesn't seem to want it? Or will promotional wars get in the way? John, I would love to watch that fight. I, Warrington, Russell, um, Santa Cruz... Any of those guys mixing it up, I am there. I am there. I want to see that. But yeah, Leo Santa Cruz seems to not want to take any top challenges. And his daddy, Uncle Al, seems to be cool with that. So you know what? The less we talk about Leo Santa Cruz, the better. To me, I put him in the same bucket now as Billy Joe Saunders and guys like that. That just don't matter. He doesn't matter. Some people like him. are going to watch him when he fights. That's fine. But he doesn't want to challenge himself to be great. So who gives a shit? But Warrington and Russell, that'd be a fantastic style matchup. It would come down to Russell being willing to travel. That fight in America doesn't move the needle. That fight over in the UK, my friend, it moves the needle. So if Gary Russell Jr. would be willing to go over there and fight him, I think that could happen. And guess what? That'd be a pretty damn interesting fight, man. Arturo Garcia asks, are you in Chicago? Arturo, I think you're a little behind, my friend. <laughs> Whatever rock you've been under, push it to the side and step on out because you're a little behind. Yeah, I'm in Chicago. <clears throat> Look at the location here on this video here on YouTube. It says Marriott Marquise, Chicago. <laughs> okay. Uh, Survive asks, is Billy Joe Saunders fighting at the KSI, KSI and Logan Paul fight? Yeah, but I don't think he's the main event. So that, there you go. Uh, Tiffany, my beautiful fiance, is on here and she says, Mike and his analogies. Come on, baby. My analogies are great and you love them. Gail Falkenthal says, Michael, some guys are not too good with details. <laughs> yep. Hey, I'm pretty bad with details half the time. Tiffany is my brains most of the time. So, you know, it is what it is. MJB Taco says, Man, I love Leo's style when I saw him fight on a Canelo and Gulo undercard. Too bad uh, the, w- the way they've managed his career since then. Yeah, I agree. Yo, know, Leo Santa Cruz, go back five, ten years. Man, he was exciting as hell to watch. And I love the fights with Frampton. And I thought he showed such growth and development In the second fight with Frampton. I wanted to see them fight for the third time. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Leo just doesn't want to take challenges. He just doesn't want to fight the top guys. He wants to play it safe. And again, that's his prerogative. I'm just not really into it. That's just, it is what it is. Although, I gotta say, I, I, I should add this, okay? Apparently, a deal was offered to Gary Russell Jr., for Leo Santa Cruz, and he turned it down, bitching about money. Now, I don't know the financial figures. Did they lowball him? I don't know. But apparently, there was an offer made to Gary Russell Jr., and he turned it down, not Leo Santa Cruz. So I do need to get that out there. Now, again, I don't know the financial numbers, so I don't know which side was playing games, all right? Gail Falkenthal says, just most of the time? Yeah, (laughs) not all the time, Gail. Sometimes I'm good with details. If it's related to boxing, I'm good with it. Everything else, Tiffany pretty much runs the show. Tiffany says, "Uh, I just finished editing. Oh, she's talking about the videos. Yeah, so here's the thing, guys. I got to wrap this up so that uh, I can tag and bag this video and then get the audio podcast out there. But then I got to get to all the interviews that we did today that Tiffany edited and loaded up to the Ring Digital YouTube channel, and then I got to log in there and tag and bag those and release them so that Doug Fisher can get those out to you guys. So uh, we probably got to break it off here. Let's get one more question in, man. Jack Alter asks Canelo versus Beevil at 168. You know, I talked to Dimitri about that today, man, and um, he said, again, Dimitri said he's going to be paying close attention to that fight between Kovalev and Canelo, but he also did say, he goes, Everyone thinks that Canelo is just going to blow through Kovalev. And he goes, you know what? Sergey Kovalev is pretty damn good. Now, he said this in his own words. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But he said, Sergey Kovalev is pretty damn good. And Canelo is not just going to outbox him from the inside. Uh, He has a good jab. He's fundamentally sound. So Kovalev is a really good chance. And he was very adamant about saying that. I think he won't say in that record, Dmitry Bivol refuses to do predictions Every time, anytime I ask him questions on the record when there's a camera on. But something tells me he favors Kovalev in that fight and wants to try to do a unification with Kovalev next. And I got to say, if Kovalev was to beat Canelo, it'd be huge. But then if Bivol and Kovalev fought each other, Bivol's wanted to fight Kovalev for years. He's looked up to him for years. He was climbing the amateur ranks when Bivol was still a young guy just starting out. So he's been watching Kovalev for years. Um, that would be a big, big fight. That'd be awesome. But if Canelo wins, which I still think he will beat Kovalev by decision, uh, Bivol has said, of course, he'd be willing to fight him. How does that fight look? Let's see how Canelo looks against Kovalev first before we get into that, okay? Off the top of my head, I want to say Bivol beats the brakes off Canelo. That's what I want to say first. But let's see how Canelo looks against Kovalev first, and then we could talk about that later. All right, guys, Um, Ronald Finkley says, Beevil's scared of Kovalev. Tiffany, remind me to block this guy next time. He just, yeah, everything that we just said, (laughs) Beevil's scared of Kovalev. He's wanted to fight him only for years, idiot. Yeah, your trolling is hilarious. Yeah, Ronald is just trolling, I know. Well, Ronald, you're hilarious, I love it. All right, guys, Uh, that's it for tonight. Share this episode. And uh, make sure, again, to check out all the interviews and everything I'm doing for Ring TV. Also, let's check out Boxing Monthly Magazine as well. That's, this show is for Boxing Monthly Magazine. Make sure you guys check out BoxingMonthly.com, all right, and the magazine as well. All right, guys, uh, from Chicago, the Marriott Marquis in beautiful South Loop, Chicago, just maybe, maybe 500 yards from Lake Michigan. Uh, I'll see you at the fights. Peace.